All right, so Blake Martinez no longer a member of the Packers, obviously. Uh, linebacker had a lot of say, though, when he had a conference call with the New York media yesterday afternoon. So I'm not going to read him verbatim. I'm going to give you the gist of it. So Martinez was talking to the Packers and said that the team, Green Bay, that drafted him in the fourth round, 2016 NFL draft out of Stamford, the two sides were not even close when it came to bringing him back because he did express interest in bringing him back. First of all, let me ask you, Nelson, did you want Blake Martinez to come back? No, I was pretty steadfast and Blake Martinez should not be returning, especially at $10-plus million for what he was looking for. Now he did, no way. He did lead the NFL in tackles for, what, two years in a row? He did lead the NFL in tackles. I don't... I don't know if it was two years in a row. I know it was one year for uh, sure. For sure. And then I think he was, he was up there. I think he was tied with Joe Schobert, actually, if memory serves me right. He was definitely in the top five multiple years. Yes. But a lot of those tackles came, what would you say, a couple yards farther down the field than you'd like? Yeah, he had a lot of uh, tackles at least five yards down the field. All right, so Martinez talking about how the two sides couldn't even come close. But, you know, I f- figured that was going to happen. We all figured Blake Martinez was going to be shown the door, not resigned because of his comments after the season was over. But then Martinez went on to say that the role he played in the middle of the Packers defense as inside linebacker was not ideal and that his lack of big plays and his appearance to give up a big share of his own plays were not his fault and more of a result of the scheme that he was asked to play. Your thoughts right there. That his giving up big plays and his lack of big plays were not his fault, and it was the scheme's fault. Your initial reaction, I have more comments from him, but what do you think when you hear that, Nelson? The first thing I think of is I can't unsee some of those plays that are rewound on Twitter where you can play them over and over again where the holes were there for the running backs and he was the guy to fill the hole and he couldn't physically get to the hole quick enough. Now, exactly. Part of the scheme is you're not supposed to wear cement blocks, cinder blocks as shoes, right? Like that's not that's not part of like a Mike Pettin defense, is it, to wear cinder block shoes? No, I don't think so. Then why was it seem like he was wearing them? So, all right, Martinez says he had no gap responsibilities in Green Bay the past season and was basically told by defensive coordinator Mike Pettin to play off whatever Zadarius and Preston Smith did up front and to make, quote, make them right. So he's supposed to be cleanup crew, essentially, for Zadarius and Preston Smith. Now, uh, when you're a professional athlete, Nelson, and I know we're not professional athletes, but we've watched a lot of professional athletes. We've talked a lot about professional athletes. Hell, we play one on the Joe and Ebo show. If you're a professional athlete, isn't part of your the reason why you're a pro and get paid millions of dollars is to overcome and adapt? Well, I think I don't even think that's professional athletes. I feel like that's everyone like in life. Every aspect of life? Ooh, bad look, would you say, of saying it's not his fault for the big plays? It sounds like he's trying to say Zadarius and Preston Smith gave up big plays and he was just there to be the cleanup guy. Your take on that? I just... I told you we've looked at some of those tapes where it's, man, he's just not fast enough. And that's that's on run plays. That's not even – we're not even talking about his weakness in coverage. Mm-hmm. Like, Zadarius and Preston Smith have no responsibilities when it comes to him dropping back and having to cover a tight end or a, or a running back out of the backfield. These comments, when you don't want to take responsibility for something – I remember a lot of plays where I'm like, where in the hell was Blake Martinez? I, th- I mean, he was, a, he was what? What would you consider him? Oh, an, ab- an above-average player? Uh, yeah, he was an above-average linebacker, and you knew what you were going to get from him. You are going to get a guy that was a solid tackler. He was a, he was a tough guy. He just wasn't, he wasn't quick, he wasn't fast, and he couldn't cover. Yeah, I mean, I will say about Martinez, though, I mean, I'm not talking all smack about it, but Martinez... What was one thing when Mike McCarthy was around? He wants his players to be available. Blake Martinez started all 48 games the last three seasons for the Packers, and he led the team in tackles each year. Blake, the thing is, no one, no one is crapping on Blake Martinez for being a bad player. He's better than probably 75% of linebackers, right? Yeah. You just can't pay a guy that can't be elite that much money. 
Yeah, he ended up signing what a three-year deal worth thirty point eight million dollars with the Giants, including nineteen million dollars guaranteed. That's that was never going to be the Green Bay Packers, especially when he he can't he doesn't have the tools to be elite. Yeah. And he did us. And he got paid like he was elite. Exactly. He led the team in tackles each year. He had a career high 155 in 2019. He just had 10 sacks, though, three interceptions, and two forced fumbles in four seasons with the club. And listen, that money he got, 19 mil guaranteed, $30.8 million deal. That was never happening for the Packers. Packers went and signed the former Browns linebacker, Christian Kirksey, in free agency as a replacement for Martinez. I like the signing of Kirksey. Yeah, I mean, if all things are even, and he's faster than Martinez. Both guys, both guys stay healthy. Both guys are on the field for sixteen games. You just got Christian Kirksey for a cheaper price, and he's faster. He's quicker, and he's he can run healthy. Yes, he has the ability to be a elite linebacker when healthy because he has the speed. He can cover. He can tackle guys. Blake Martinez is just limited in the abilities that he has. So when you see a guy like Martinez go out and say stuff like this. What does it make you think? It's like, okay, this guy is speaking truth. This guy is kind of shouldn't be saying that. This, like, I like the honesty. I'm not going to lie. I like the honesty because usually players use this generic coach speak, player speak that you ne- they never really answer a question. It's always, you know, the same middle of the road answer that never quite gets you anywhere. I like the fact that he's a little honest about it because it lets you peek inside. But also, part of me thinks, well, is this a guy who's a little bit. Mm, sour he, that the that his team that drafted him didn't pay him maybe a little bit but i also think it might be he thinks he's a little better than he is and then in the uh nfl landscape yeah so more comments from martinez so he was on a conference call yesterday for the new york media he said he's basically quote quarantined in a weight room that's that one thing that guy really did well is he was yoked he was shredded and here's the thing I'm, i think he's i think he's like ve- vegetarian or vegan a lot of those guys are. Did you? There's a documentary on Netflix. Ah, the name escapes me. It's about the Titans and how they have a chef. One of the players' wives is a chef, and she essentially made half the willingly. The team willingly did it. Went vegan, and they're all like the best they've ever felt. I think Blake Martinez does that, but he says he's quarantined himself in a weight room. It's an extension of a family's house in Arizona where he and his dad had spent years building and putting an extra living space, weight rooms, turf field, etc. So he's living in there, self social distancing, self quarantine, just crushing weights. But then he said, quote, he was combating misconceptions of his abilities in Green Bay. He was critical of the Green Bay defense, in which he was taught to be, quote, the cleanup crew guy. He had no gap responsibilities, like I already said. He was supposed to play off of whatever Zadarius and Preston Smith did up front to, quote, make them right. And then Martinez went in more detail about how the Packers used him, and he said he wasn't a fan of how the Green Bay Packers, you know, were using his, his skill set. You're getting – I mean, what, what would you think you would do? Like, what else did you want him to do as a middle linebacker? Was he trying to say, like, he'd be a better outside linebacker? He's not, he's, was not, it, he's not particularly fast. I don't know. Do you think he was trying to say he didn't have any help? Like I guess like you could the, read between the lines and think that. Like the linebacking core was so poor that he was the only guy that basically played inside linebacker for the Packers this year. I mean, he was the quote-unquote captain. He did have the, you know, the headset of the defense. But that was that was part of the problem because wasn't it uh him and uh, BJ Goodson? Yeah. For part of the year, well, what are they? They're both the same exact player, except for BJ Goodson is the poor man's Blake Martinez. They didn't have <laughs> they didn't have a, a middle linebacker, an inside linebacker that could stay on the field and legitly cover guys once they went out into the pattern. Well, reading these reading these comments from Blake Martinez, I mean, you got to do a little between the lines, and you know some some assumptions, I guess, are thrown in here. But if you're Blake and you're a guy that started every single game, 48 games the last three seasons, you started all of them, and you had like a carousel of guys around you, would you feel like you're like maybe they didn't give you help? Is that what he's trying to say? Is that what you're alluding to, kind of? I think he he might be kind of alluding to that. I'm not exactly sure, but I could see I could see that's what he means because he really was the guy that. Uh, he was there I mean, every think game. Think about it. If he wasn't there, what would the Packers have had at linebacker? Like, Not much. It would have been B.J. Goodson, who's worse than Blake Martinez, and 
can't even play in coverage like Blake Martinez and a worse tackler? Or would it have been Ty Summers? <laughs> Wouldn't have been a much. Late, a late round draft pick that you're hoping can maybe contribute to your team this season? I mean, do you think that's why Blake wanted to get paid more too? He's like, dude, look what I am compared to the other guys that you got at this, this position. See, I think I see it. That could be a thing too, but it's just it comes down to the fact where if he looks at himself on the landscape of the whole league, the Packers couldn't pay him what he wanted. Yeah, I mean that's just real. That's it's a business. I mean later, if the money's not there, you're not going to be able to afford people, right? I mean I think every business knows that firsthand, especially right now. Am yeah, I right? Yeah, and I, dude, I want to get into some of these. If you pull up Blake Martinez draft profile, I want to get into his strength and weaknesses and we'll break them down because i think uh it'll be kind of crazy you got it rowdy all right nelson so blake martinez has come up to say that the packers didn't meet anywhere close when it comes to bringing him back for the green and gold signs with new york 30.8 million dollar deal three years 19 million guaranteed martinez says that the big plays that he gave up and the big plays that he didn't create were not his fault it was the scheme and what Mike Pettin told him to do to, quote, be a cleanup guy and to make Zadarius and Preston Smith right up front. I don't even know what that really that means. Like, if you're a professional athlete and making millions of dollars, like, you should overadapt, you should adapt and overcome. But like you said, Nelson, that, that's for any person. That's in any walk of life. All right, so then you d- busted out Blake well, Martinez's yeah, draft numbers. So tell everyone why you busted these numbers out. Well, because when you watch Blake Martinez, especially the last couple of years, you see, yes, he's a good tackler. He's a, a big, harder, thumping linebacker. But he doesn't have the side-to-side quickness. He doesn't have that elite speed. And he struggles at covering receivers, tight ends, running backs out of the backfield. Like, it's pretty evident if you watch Blake Martinez. He's good at what he does, but he can't cover. He can't move side to side. So, I mean, I wanted to pull up his NFL Combine draft profile because, I mean, obviously these draft profiles aren't the end-all, be-all, but I think they tell you a pretty decent story at what you should be looking for in these players or how they're going to turn out. And I, I mentioned to you this to I mentioned this to you off air. If you read Rashawn Gary's draft profile, he's almost so far through one season, bend that to a T. Yeah. Nelson, before you hit us with the draft numbers, Nelson, so we don't always fall in love with the draft and draft profiles around here, but there's some certain things that are Sometimes telling. Sometimes they hold some weight. They do. And you were talking about Rashawn Gary, right? Correct. I'm sorry. We had to get Big Joe's birthday wishes. So if you could continue opine away on Blake Martinez and the numbers and you kind of comparing them to what, Rashawn Gary? Well, not necessarily. I just – kind of mentioned Rashawn Gary because of his how they uh, graded him and talked about his abilities in the draft analysis kind of looks to be the type of player he was year one yes well if we look at Blake Martinez's strengths here's what they list for strengths good muscle thickness That's, I think we can say Blake Martinez is a pretty well-built guy that boy was thick plays powerful and pound for pound one of the strongest guys in the program. Okay, I that mean, would, we that can, would we fit can, in with muscle thickness. Yeah, we can, we can fit, right? Yeah. Physical, productive downhill linebacker. Downhill. Yeah, I think we can get on board yeah. with that. He played against the run pretty well. He makes tackles. Yep. He definitely downhill boy. Business-minded machine against the run, maintaining constant gap responsibility. I could I could agree with that. He plays uh, the gap, downhill. The gap thing. Uh, he might not be quick enough. Yeah. But he does play downhill. And, I mean, I think so far this is pretty pretty close. He's He's been a pretty good tackler. He's a physical guy. Yes. Now we look at the uh, – here's, here's his coverage. Shows some functional ability in man coverage and is quick to close out throws and limit yards after catch. Okay, some ability, yeah. yeah. And normally when he gets there, he makes the tackle. Now let's look at his weaknesses. All right, here's the weaknesses. Slow twitch with borderline play speed. So he's not quick and he's not fast. I mean, we kind of knew that, right? Must transition from a power mindset to a little more quickness in everything he does. So more quickness. Yep. 
We'll need quicker hands <laughs> to jab and separate and stay clean against NFL linemen. So again, I don't think that's really been a big issue. But it's it's back to the quick. Yeah. Below average lateral quickness. I'll get back to quick. Won't win many foot races to the perimeter and uh, has yep. <laughs> little margin for error with his angles. Again, back to quick. Not athletic enough to recover if he gets hung up on a block for too long. Back to quickness. Too easily fooled into vacating his position by play action. I've seen that a little bit, but I, I uh, wouldn't say that's a huge major. Uh, well, he's thing. a pretty smart guy. From what I can gather, Doesn't have reactive athleticism to quickly cover back into his duties after biting on fakes. Why don't they just say, just lacks quickness? All of this is quickness. <laughs> Average awareness dropping into zone coverage. Situ- situational awareness needs work. <laughs> I mean, what does it just say? It basically just said Blake Martinez is a tough, hard-nosed, downhill throwback linebacker. Who's slow. But in today's NFL, he's not quick enough yes. or fast enough to cover and run sideline to sideline. That's exactly what we saw from Blake Martinez. Yeah, and that's exact. That was coming out of the draft. That was his or NFL, before the draft. NFL.com draft analysis. I mean, that's pretty spot on. Whoever made that draft analysis probably give I themselves mean, a pat on the back. Yeah, well, Lance Zerling. Zerling. Thanks, good, Lance. Good job, Lance. Good job, Lance. But I mean, all that tape you've been grinding paid off in your mom's basement. His bottom line: Martinez is a muscled-up throwback linebacker in a league that covets twitch and play speed over throwback traits. I mean, yeah, Blake Martinez. If if he was in like what if he was in his, the '90s, he'd be a beast. His draft stock might not match up with his elevated college production due to concerns over his quickness. Yeah, he's just not quick. And that's and that's and what, was his whole downfall. Yes, and that's what makes him not elite. I mean, not not downfall, but like the Packers would have loved to bring Blake Martinez back for seven, eight million dollars. He wanted ten plus. Yeah, and he got what thirty point eight mil and nineteen guaranteed for three years. So, do you have that other stuff about his? his yeah, yeah. Here's the other stuff. This is, so, this is a little weird. So we. We we know he's not fast. We know he's not super athletic. He's just a tr- strong, tough guy. Yes. If you look at his forty time, he ran a four seven one. When you're looking at like the top linebackers, like Queen, like Murray, right now, they're running in like the four fives. Yes. Like like Zach Bond was a little bit slower than where they wanted him, though he's still a top top prospect. He was like in the four sixes. Mm-hmm. Martinez ran a four seven one. Like yeah, that's, it's, it's, it's not, not good. It's not quick. But then here's where it gets weird. So he doesn't necessarily have the best agility numbers at the uh, the combine either, but his vertical. His vertical was 28 and a half. Can you imagine? 28 and a half? Could you imagine being a, a six foot one guy with a 28 and a half inch vertical and you're not exceptionally quick trying to cover tight ends or running backs that have 40 inch verticals that run four fives? 20. that did like, you say his vert is 28 and a half? Yes. And now this is where it gets weird, though. So we know that the NFL combine is pretty, like, non-biased. Like, they just want the straight numbers. Yeah, they just do numbers. Here's his pro day results. His vertical was 34 inches. What? He he basically... Oh, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. His draft... His draft analysis was his... At the combine, he did a twenty-eight and a half inch vertical. Yes, and and, and within, on his pro day, his within a month later, his pro day, his vertical was thirty-four. He gained six inches on his vert. Yeah, that's how does that doesn't even make sense. How does how does that happen? Did he did he find like did he get like the magic juice from Space Jam or something? How do you gain six inches on your vertical in a month? Like I understand some guys what? might not test well, but to jump six more inches than what you did, that don't, that doesn't even make sense. Guys work out guys bust their ass for a year to like add maybe an inch onto their vertical. And this dude added six inches in a month? If you go by what this compared to the combine and yeah. this pro I mean, it doesn't even make sense. What? I know we've had I mean, if you look at the Badger stars like Quintez Stephus, mm-hmm. he ran a four seven at the the combine, and then he came back on a pro day and ran a four five whatever. I could see, I could see gaining time obviously on your four yard dash because it's all about how you start. 
yada, yada, yada. How do you, how do you, you're just jumping. Like I get like jitters for a 40 yard dash, but how do you get jitters of when you just jump straight in the air? Like, how do, <laughs> do you get six inches in a month? Like when you when men you wonder how a, we do it. Yeah, when you think about a vertical, the next time just go and go out and try and touch something. All right, here's what we're gonna do. In the age of no sports and quarantine and social distancing, we're gonna hit a commercial break. During the commercial break, make who's ever if someone's with you during this quarantine, make them measure your vertical. Write the date down. It's March 31st. Then at the end of April, jump again. And see how much <laughs> yeah. you or, gained, or or even if you're just like standing, <laughs> if you're like standing somewhere, jump up and try and touch something, and then literally think if you can go six inches higher than that. Yeah, do it. Yeah, jump, and then jump six inches higher. Try to mark it down, and then wait another month and try it again and train for it. There's and tell me if you no, add six inches on your first. There's vert. no way. <laughs> 608-321-1670. Twitter is at Zone Madison. We definitely peaked in that last segment with the amount of callers that were just, I don't know. Were they going at each other? Was that like was that almost listener on listener violence? Man, I don't think anything will come as close to 2017 summer of listener, listener violence. Yeah, that got heated. Lawyers actually got involved. <laughs> Lawyers. I had to go to HR to make sure we could say things. <laughs> Lawyers got involved, folks. <laughs> For listeners, are, for Travis. listeners call yeah, for listeners calling <laughs> into the Joan Ebo show. It's been insane. 608-321-1670 is the number. Welcome to the Joan Ebo show. Who I got? Hey. Jesus Christ, Charlie. Me again. Uh yeah, it's been like the eightieth time. <laughs> Hopefully. I'm going back to Grand Canyon. <laughs> <laughs> Charlie, start packing day. and walking right now, buddy boy. What, what the hell? Social distance all the way to Arizona. You said you're going to the Grand Canyon? We'll miss you. I'm going back to the Grand Canyon. I worked at the El Tavar Hotel for three years. and uh, and I. Uh, Charlie, didn't my, you live in a right, tent on the Grand Obama. Canyon? Yeah. All right. Well, p- pack the tent and get walking, brother. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to be a... No, we, hey, Charlie. Here. Charlie, we love here. you. We love you. Can you call Can you call 321-0941, our sister station, 941JJO, and tell them that... Can you call them right now and tell them that you're going to the Grand Canyon? If you put up with it. All right, do it now. Bye. All right, 608-321-1670. Don't use that number if your name's Charlie, though. Don't abuse it, I should say. All right. All right. <laughs> God damn. I just received a text from an unnamed source. Cut that effer off. I, here's the thing: we don't have we don't have caller ID. We don't have a phone bank that light. Or we ha- I have a phone bank. Here's how I know a call's coming in. A light flashes. It doesn't tell me a name. It doesn't tell me a number. A light just flashes. I hit a button, and I say, welcome to the Joe and Ebo show. And for the 80th time today, it's been freaking Charlie, and he's hammered. Now, I'm going to make Nelly start running in and out of the producer suite. All right. So to get to the freaking Packers, Charlie, don't close again right now. All right. So the, we were talking about this yesterday. The, um, the biggest bet coming in for Vegas the most amount of money is coming in on the Packers under of 10 wins. 93% of the cash is coming in for the Packers under of 10. Nelson, you were kind of opining yesterday saying, you know what, I think I would take that bet. Yeah, I think right now as the roster's currently constructed, I think I would. Now, Obviously, they still have a draft. They still might sign some people. But so, I think right now as the roster was, I don't know if this roster can win 11 games. Well, all right, let me ask you just about the NFC North. The Bears, better or worse than last year? Oof. I'm going to say about the same. So, I mean, do you think the Packers will get two wins on the Bears? Uh, See, that's where they beat – they won every single game in the division last year. They did. They did. When's the last time they did that before last season? God. Yeah, exactly. Because no one knows. It's been a long time. That's extremely impressive and hard to do. Okay, so let's move on. The Detroit Lions, better or worse than last year? I think they'll be better just for the fact that it's another year with a new coaching staff, and Matthew Stafford is, you know, for right now we're going to say he's healthy. True, but it's the Lions. Yeah, I mean, but the Lions have had, with Matthew Stafford, the Lions have been respectable a few years. 
So what, what are we saying, like a split with the Bears, a split with the Lions? What are you thinking? I still think they beat the Lions, but uh, the split Lions the will be better than like the terrible team they were this last year. All right, the Minnesota Vikings. Choke artists. I think right now, I think they're they're worse. Okay, so. But I think right now, on paper, the Packers got a little worse, too. Let me give you the rest of the opponents. The home opponents are the Bears, the Lions, the Vikings, obviously, the Atlanta Falcons. What do you think of the Atlanta Falcons moving forward? I think they got better from last year. The Carolina so Panthers. Far. Was that Teddy Bridgewater? Yeah, it's Teddy Bridgewater now. Man, but Luke Keekley retired. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go with about these, the These same. are home opponents. These yeah, right about here. the same. Falcons home, Panthers home. The Jacksonville Jaguars. Man, I don't think they're going to be very good. The Tennessee Titans. Uh, They're probably about the same. Philadelphia Eagles. I think they've gotten better. All right, so one, two, three, four, five, six. So out of all those eight games, what do you think they go at home? I'll just go through those teams again, I'll say. Bears, Lions, Vikings, Falcons, Panthers, Jags, Titans, Eagles. Well, a little slower than that. Bears, Lions, Packers, we'll start with that. I'll, Bears, I'll Lions, Vikings. Two and one right there. Falcons. Uh we'll go we'll go two and two. Panthers. Three and wait, two. No, so these are home games? These are home games. All right, they'll they'll beat the Falcons. So at three home. they're sitting at three and one. Three and one. The Panthers. Uh four and one. The Jags. Five and one. The Titans. Uh we'll go five and two. The Eagles. Five and three. Five and three at home is what you're thinking right now. So they just need to win five more games to have the push. Yes. Road opponents. Obviously the Bears. Lions, Vikings. I'll go with two and one there too. So now they're sitting at seven wins. The Saints on the road. I'll take a loss. The Buccaneers on the road. See, that's a coin flip. I don't I really have no idea how good Tampa Bay is. Well, what's your gut say? We'll say a loss. So they're still at seven. Just because it's a road game. The Texans on the road. That's a win. They're at eight. The Colts on the road. A win. So you're at nine. And here it is, the last road opponent. The Niners in California. See, I think they got a solid nine wins. So you're, I mean, gonna, you you're could, just going to squeak by with that? You could, no, you could. I mean, you could argue some of those games could be wins, but you'd have to make sure at least two of those games were wins for you to lose that bet. Because mm-hmm. 10, 10 gets you a push. Yeah, 10 gets you that push. And I mean, I think looking at it right now, I think 10 might be dead nuts on what I think they're going to do. So you'd either you'd be hope you'd bet the under, with the roster how it currently is prior to the draft. Prior to I think the draft. I would bet the under just based on I think they can I think they're a ten win team right now which pushes and if they have catastrophic injuries or something crazy like that happens or they don't get a bunch of luck that bounces their way like they did last year I think you could see them losing a few of those games that you'd think they'd win. No, I will say the Packers last year was they were one of the luckiest. And this is not a knock on them. This is a good thing. They they were one of the luckiest teams I've ever seen in the NFL, from lack of injuries and how just certain things went their way. Remember that Raiders game where the Raiders looked like they were controlling that first half, and then Derek Carr went to reach out and he he like he fumbled that. the ball, and and that that was the moment that was like the the change of the game right before halftime. Remember that? Yeah, that that was like a game where who knows who was going to win. It was back and forth, mm-hmm. kind of a high-flying game. And then once that dive fumble happened, it was, the oh, Packers over. went down, scored, completely took momentum, yeah. and dominated the rest of the game. I mean, you'll never know what happens if Derek I mean, Carr if Derek, scores there. If Derek Carr goes in and scores there, are, do you re- one – I think there's a real possibility the Packers could have potentially lost that game, but you know they're not going to blow them There were so many moments of that season that we were like, damn, where has this luck been for the past X amount of years? Just How about the two How about the two Lion games yeah. where they trailed the whole game, yep. yet they won on last-second kicks? So the Packers were insanely lucky last year. Or the fact that when you went on that uh, tough road trip, and the first game on the road trip, you didn't have to play the reigning MVP in Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. Because he was hurt. Yep. You, you played got to against play Matt a, Moore. A 38 year old guy that was coaching high school football. Yep. And I mean, they won the game. The Chiefs were still a good team. They won the Super yep. Bowl without yep. him. But you didn't play them at 100%. I mean, there were so many moments in that season where you're like, where, where, where has this been for the past 
I'd say since 2011. Like, where has this luck I mean, been? What, and there's no injuries, really. Look at week one. Mitch Trubisky couldn't hit the side of a barn. He still like, can't. Like, if Mitch Trubisky could have hit some open receivers, the Packers only won that game 10-3. to Uh-huh. Like, there were a lot of things that went their way. And I'm not saying they're going to win six games this year and look terrible. I'm just, I think 10 is pretty close to the right number. He's a writer for SB Nation. He's also the host of the podcast Locked On Packers. We welcome in Peter Bukowski. Peter, what is up today, my man? Not too much, guys. How are you? You know, we're doing as good as one can be in this time, uh, you know, yeah. with everything. Where, where are you calling from, by the way? Uh, I'm in New York City. So can you give us the? Can you give us what's happening in New York from your perspective? Can you lay it on us? Because here in Madison, Wisconsin, obviously not as big and bustling as New York is, but can you give us a day in the life of, of you out there in New York right now? Uh, well, New York, not as bustling um, it, because the streets are, are pretty empty. It was pretty incredible. I was um, with my wife yesterday morning, and I watched – the the naval ship that's come to help provide hospital rooms out my window drive up the well, boat up the hudson and uh that was a pretty surreal experience knowing what that was coming for and then of course all of the geniuses in new york um went and took pictures of the ship oh. in droves of people and it's just like okay i guess we're just going to be in quarantine forever um <laughs> the the one cool thing um i probably mean not the one cool thing but one cool thing the city is doing is every night at seven o'clock, everyone is opening their windows and uh, for about two minutes, offering a round of applause to all of the healthcare workers around the city. And so if you, you don't even have to open your windows, you can hear it. Um, and it's just a little, a little pick me up for all of those people that are out there, you know, fighting the good fight and trying to keep us safe, trying to keep people alive. And, and um, wow. it's, a, it's just a little window into, um, the the support there, but it, it's it's crazy. It's, it's crazy for yeah. sure. I mean, I, who whoever thought that any of this would ever have happened? You know, it's absolutely maddening. Um, before we get into some Packer talk, let me ask you. Just sure. I mean, no, it's speculation. I just want to get your gut feeling on it. Do you think football? Because I heard Aaron Rodgers talking about it that he's think if, if you know if we keep washing our hands, social distancing, yada yada yada, football is going to be fine. Do you think football is going to be a go? I think it's going to depend on on what the circumstances are going to be before the the season starts. Are, are we going to accept no training camp? Are we going to accept modified training camp? I think a lot of that is going to come into play. I mean, you, you can remember back to 2011 when there was uh, no CBA in place and we were, we were worried about a lockout and all that stuff. And Aaron Rodgers kept saying, you know, you know, don't worry about it. They weren't holding team activities, and then there was that famous Week One game against the Saints one of the most exciting football games you can want to watch. And he made a joke after about, you know, feeling like you, know, you guys made a big deal that we weren't having side practices like the Saints, and yet we just went out and beat them. <laughs> I, I do think that's something that we, we are going to have to start thinking about because OTAs are not going to happen. The NFL has, has basically said the offseason activities that are normally happening in May are not going to happen. So then how much does that compress your timeline? And if we're sitting here in July, still wondering if it's safe to go out, what, what is the circumstances under which NFL practices can even resume? Because, you know, you, can, you, you would have to basically quarantine the entire team in a, you know, a hotel, which is what training camp is in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. You're quarantined in the dorms and you're going out to practice. But you'd have to have rigorous testing. You'd have to have you know, a lot go on to make sure that this was safe for the players, the coaches, the training staff, all of those people. So, um, you know, the circumstances on the ground are going to have to change a lot before we have a better idea of what this looks like. But what's crazy, and, and I'm sure you guys feel this, um, it, what day is today? Yeah, exactly. Right. It's, I think it's Tuesday last time I checked. So it's Tuesday. <laughs> the, the, the South Carolina primary was the last day of February, and it's the first day of April. So if you just think about how long ago that was and how long ago that feels, think of where we could be in four more weeks. Right. And it could be worse. It could be a lot better. So I think it's so hard to, to predict right now. It's far enough off in the future that I think it's fair to be optimistic that if we do what we need to do and we keep moving forward, the, the testing technology has already come so far. Um, the the um, treatments are already in, in, in human trials. Yeah. So there's a lot to, that, that can still go on here that 
gives us some hope that there's going to be football. Peter Pukowski joining us right now, uh, writer for SB Nation, Locked On Packers podcast as well. I think you know maybe people should stop taking pictures of the ship, right? Like, like that would be that would be a good start. Stay yeah. inside. <laughs> Don't go to the park. Yeah, yeah. let's stay inside. All right. So uh, real quick though, I saw a story yesterday that Stefan Marbury of all people worked a deal out with some uh, mask manufacturer in China to send cheap masks to New York, ten million of them. I never thought that Stefan Marbury would be the guy to be leading this charge. So. There's heroes what's everywhere. Is, what's interesting is Stefan Marbury gets this rap because he's kind of an eccentric guy, and, and on the court he's a selfish basketball player, or at least that was the knock on him. Mm-hmm. But back in, in uh, his, his playing days, back when he was with the Knicks, he released an and one shoe that was $15 <laughs> so that people, let, you know, people underage or underprivileged kids uh, could afford his yeah. sneaker. We were talking about something. this yesterday. At Stephen Barry's carried his line. This, you could buy like a track velour yeah. suit and the shoes for like twelve bucks. It was beautiful. And, and so this is it is who Stefan Marbury is. He does care about where he came from. He cares about his community and he cares about China too. That's this is this is sort of the you know cross worlds for him because he's from New York, cares deeply about New York, but then you know has this whole second act where he's worshipped in China. I mean, he's he's the mm-hmm. biggest sports celebrity in China. Yeah, it's wild, man. I never thought I'd see the day of any of this. It's nuts. Let's talk some Packers, Pete. What do you say? Yeah. So I'm looking at your Twitter account right now. I love this mock draft Monday. Run this card. What, in your opinion, is the Packers' biggest needs to address with their 30th pick? Well, I, I think if you look at the order of operations here, my, my thing is always, uh, you know, best player available is a myth. So what they what they the approach is really – most impactful player for your roster and your circumstances. So things like need uh, necessarily come into play. And for the Packers, the most impactful player, if we're assuming similar player quality, it's receiver, it's offensive tackle, and it's probably linebacker, though. I don't know that they're going to view it that way. I think what, what Blake Martinez said in his interview yesterday with the New York media is, is pretty telling. The Packers just don't yeah. value that position very much. So I think I think defensive line maybe sneaks into the mix there, but I think there's going to be a receiver or, or an offensive tackle who catches their eye with the 30th pick, or or they trade down and and still gets a player like that depending on the circumstances. So in in your humble opinion, is it like who is a must when it comes to? So for me, like the Packers haven't drafted a skill position in the first round. I think it was like Javon Walker. Yeah, so, like I'm looking at like let's buck the trend a little bit and maybe go for a wide receiver, but I know it's a very deep class and you could get someone, you know, probably pretty good in the second round. But is there a wide receiver maybe first or second that you're kind of eyeing for the green and gold? Yeah, let me give you my not so humble opinion. Um, the uh, the the draft class is uh, a deep class in theory, but I, I think there is a pretty big drop off uh, around fifty that goes from players who can can reasonably be either your primary target or a high-level secondary target, and it goes into players who are straight-up secondary and tertiary pieces. So I think if the Packers want to add a pass catcher in this draft who they think can be a big-time impact player, it, it almost has to come in the first, or if, it, if not the first, a trade down into the high second. It's got to be their first pick. Otherwise, you're, you're basically saying we're content getting uh, a guy who can only ever be a secondary piece. For me, the two players that I've really zeroed in on that I think would be ideal fits, and I'm not sure either are going to be there, but if they are, that's when you, that's when you really run the card in, <laughs> are uh, Josh Jones, the offensive tackle from Houston. He just doesn't lose pass block reps. Just straight up does not lose them. Um, hasn't given up a sack in two years at Houston and even against the, the power five competition, that was true. And then the other guy is Justin Jefferson, the receiver from LSU. He's 20 years old. He was by the end of the season, even with Jamar chase, who was named the receiver of the year in college football, Justin Jefferson became the alpha of that passing game. He ran four, four at the combine can play in the slot. I think he's ideally suited to play in the slot for the Packers. I think he, he can be someone like Robert Woods plus, um, I've seen the, the comparison to Juju Smith-Schuster. He, he can be the sort of ultimate complementary weapon, a guy who can get you 1,000 yards, who can run those jet sweeps, and, and can pick up eight on third and six when you need him to just go get open. Um, I, I compare it to basketball. I think the Packers need a player who can just get them buckets. <laughs> so it, it doesn't matter how they do it. Just, just be able to go get buckets. Just off, you know, off, George you think, Hill comes off the bench for the Bucks and just gets buckets. Yeah. Now he can he can do other stuff, 
But what they need is a, just a little bit of scoring. It can be Jamal Crawford, and that's all you can do. That's fine. I, I like the idea of getting a guy that can get buckets if he's young, not like a, did you know that Jimmy Graham played basketball? <laughs> not like a Jimmy Graham kind of guy, <laughs> like an old aging guy, you know? Um, you alluded to it. Um, I want to get your comments on, you know, Jimmy Graham and, and the mm-hmm. Packers' use of him and also what you alluded to Blake Martinez. But before I do that, I see this on your uh, Twitter account, Peter underscore Bukowski. Uh-oh. This would send Packers Twitter into a frenzy, but I'm here for it. <laughs> With the 30th pick, the Green Bay Packers select quarterback Justin Herbert. Mm-hmm. Tell me more. So my position on the Packers succession plan has been that this is not the year for it, right? And so that seems to be at odds with that tweet, clearly. Mm-hmm. But I think Justin Herbert is the kind of talent that you say he's too good to pass on. Not, you, don't, you don't pass on other guys for any quarterback. It has to be a certain level of quarterback. The Packers took Aaron Rodgers not because he just happened to fall to them and, and they did it for fun. No, he was considered, you know, by some teams, the best quarterback in that draft. And, you know, there's a, a, one of the scouts that used to work in the Browns front office, who I work with now at the Locked On Podcast Network, he said, you know, we were, we were, we had Aaron Rodgers ahead of Alex Smith and Alex Smith went number one. So, you know, this is, this is the kind of talent that you say the succession plan can be amped up a little bit in terms of the timeline. He, his ability to make stick throws down the field, his ability to make shot play throws, to push the ball to all fields and make plays with his feet. He can make plays on the run. I think he is a perfect fit for the kind of offense the Packers want to run with Matt LaFleur. It is the, the, the offense I, I often describe as, as Houston Rockets or Milwaukee Bucks. It's, it's layups, free throws, and threes. <laughs> you, want to, you want to run the ball. You want to be able to get those, those easy passes underneath, and you want to hit shot plays. And you don't really worry about a lot of the intermediate stuff. If you have to convert third and 12, your offense is having a problem. And, and so uh, Justin Herbert's arm, yeah, he has some accuracy and consistencies, but his ability to make top-level throws, to make wow throws, and, and he doesn't turn the ball over. A lot of quarterbacks that have that sort of arm talent are that Jameis Winston, Jay Cutler type, where he's giving the ball to the other team too much. Yeah. Herbert is not going to do that. Does he need a little bit of polish? Yeah, probably, but the Packers would give him that time behind Aaron Rodgers. I, I think he's too talented to, to pass on if he falls to 30, which I don't think he's going yeah, to do. Yeah, I would way. love it, though, because I agree with you. I love when Packers Twitter gets into a frenzy. It's one of my favorite. <laughs> I love Twitter. I can't believe Twitter's free. I'm so glad it's free, and Packers Twitter is the greatest thing ever when people, if you say one little thing about Rodgers, they just lose their minds, and I'm yep. totally here for it. All right, so one thing that people at Packers Twitter was talking about was the comments uh, from Blake Martinez uh, yesterday in the New York media. Uh, your take on him, it, it sounded like he didn't want to take fault for lack of big plays and him giving up big plays. I mean, he was a solid you know, middle linebacker, but your mm-hmm. take on Blake Martinez's comments about being the cleanup guy for Zadarius and Preston Smith and defensive coordinator Mike Pettin. What I found so fascinating about those comments was I don't think – Blake meant to reveal as much about himself as he did. And I don't even really mean that as a person. I mean as a football player, because basically what he's saying is that he didn't have specific responsibilities on some plays. His responsibility was playoff Preston and Zedarius Smith. So rather than say your responsibility on this play is the A-gap, your responsibility is the gap that Zedarius Smith doesn't occupy. And so what that requires is it requires two things. It requires read and reactability and fast processing. So that's, that's one set of, of traits that you need. You need to be able to see what's happening, understand, and react to it. And then number two, you need to have the athleticism to finish a play. So if your responsibility was the A or B gap, let's say, and Zedarius goes in the B gap, you now have the A gap. There is no excuse for saying, oh, well, I didn't have a responsibility for a gap. And, you know, Zedarius went into this, this gap, and now I have this gap, and now I'm just going to stand here four yards deep in, in the defensive backfield and let the running back come to me. That's not what a cleanup crew looks like. You can, you can watch plenty of Mike Patton defenses and see inside linebackers attacking downhill. Blake Martinez still played passively, even given the circumstances last year. And I, under, I understand his point. It's not how, how he's ideally suited to play. 
You go back and look at him under Dom Capers when he had Kenny Clark and Mike Daniels keeping him free in front of him, and he could just say, this is the gap I have, and I'm going to go attack that gap. That's how he's best suited. It's how he's going to be used in New York, and I think he's going to be better in New York than he was in Green Bay. But it still is a criticism of his traits as an inside linebacker. He didn't have the speed and didn't have the quick processing that you need to play that position. I think it's it's telling that that um, they were not even close on money, apparently. I think that suggests yeah. the Packers don't value the position very much. And I do think it, it speaks to why they really like Christian Kirksey, because I had Joe Thomas, um, his, his uh, former teammate on Locked on Packers, a week or so ago, and he said, you know, Kirko is one of the most instinctive, smart players he's ever been around, is the, the quarterback of that defense, and played for Mike Patton. So uh, the idea is he can come in and, and have that processing ability, that instinctive reactionary ability that maybe Blake Martinez lacked and, and that the fit could potentially be better in this defense. And we love Joe Thomas around here in Madison, Wisconsin. I'll tell you that. Of course. Yeah, I'm Wisconsin. And Peter, one last question before I let you go, man. Really insightful stuff. I enjoy your time right now. We had a very spirited discussion earlier uh, yesterday and early today. We saw coming in the money in Vegas – the most amount of money was coming in at the Packers under 10 wins. Would you take an over or the under if you were to set it at 10? God, I don't get the hook. I'd really love a hook. In All right, I'll, get, I'll give you – what do you think, Nelly, 9.5? Or we give them 10.5? Yeah, we'll go 9.5. We'll go 9.5 for under. you, Peter. I'll take the over on 9.5. <laughs> because I, the, the reason I say that is because I think they're a 10-win team. And, and not just because I think they're a 10-win team, but because I think the schedule is going to be a lot tougher. They're going to get a little less lucky with injuries. And there's just going to be some natural regression from, from some of this stuff. You know, the, the late-game stuff that they won, I think, is a little overblown because a lot of the, the so-called close games they won weren't ever really that close. Um, we're never really that in doubt late. But, uh, yeah, I think 10 or 11 wins is probably where they're going to be. I think they can be a better team talent-wise than they were last year, but uh, you know, I, 13 wins is, is never something worth predicting. Yeah. <laughs> so that, that, that leaves you, okay, they're an 11 or a 12-win team, schedule's a little tougher, maybe now the division is worse. You know, you look at Minnesota, are those games nearly as difficult as they were last year? I don't know about that. So I'm, I'm taking the over on 9.5, and, and I'm I might take the over on 10 now that I'm thinking about it. You talked yourself into it. I love it, man. Peter, thanks for joining us so much. And if you haven't done it yet, in your quarantine, I highly suggest Tiger King on Netflix. All right. Thanks, guys. I appreciate it. See you, buddy. Take care. There he is. Peter Bukowski. You can check him out on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. He's also a writer for SB Nation and Locked On Hackers Podcast. Good stuff right there. Good stuff. Thanks to Peter Bukowski for joining us. He was a good interview. But now it's time, my friends, for a great interview. Oh, I know about that. Our sports director, Zach, the, the, Zach Heilprin joining us. The, the, I think Ohio State tried to trademark the, I think, and they failed. I think you could do it. I may. I may. I think think I'm second in line behind Nelson, though. No one calls him the, the Nelson Razorback. The, the, the Rowdy Razor. Yeah, I've the, never gotten that one The before. Nelson I've Reisbeck. been called a lot of things. I haven't been called that. <laughs> the Nelson Riceback? Yes. Riceback. <laughs> Remember when you get you used to get so upset about that? Nelson has grown a lot. There's a lot of things I used to get mad about. But Oh, now it's just cer- certain things you get upset about? Less I think, I think right we, by the end of the segment, could we see the Zach Heilprin and Rowdy Razor square off with one another? No. All right, no, that's good. not going to happen. Him getting up and walking out, that may happen. But <laughs> he I, hasn't I, done that in a long time. I'll give him credit for that. It's only been a couple months. Yeah, it's pretty good. All right, uh, it's only been a couple months, right? Well, Zach, sports hasn't been around for what? <laughs> Two, three weeks now? Uh, it feels like it's an been, eternity. It's been the longest decade of my life. Is tw- is tw- I was asking this to Nelson. Is March of 2020, has this been the worst month for everyone's life ever? Like, for is, people that like sports? Yeah. It's but, been there's no, I mean there's other people that don't like sports. They're not really missing out. They're getting. I mean there's there's a lot of people like staying wife. home, right? But she also, I mean, my wife probably had no idea sports were going on before they were canceled. Well, she probably knew because she's kind of she's kind of impacted by it with you, right? A little bit, but like she does. She's a bartender, right? Uh, yep, yep. Thursday so she, nights at the village. Yeah, I miss the did, village. Yeah, so uh, that's the thing. I like I 
not a big bar guy, but like I miss not having the opportunity to go to it. Yeah, once well, a week or you something. You know, like I'm that. kind of a like you're kind of like me, right? We're kind of introverted. Like I like to stay home. You're not an. Yeah, you're, you are I the like farthest to, thing from an introvert that I know. I like to stay home. Like I know a lot of people. You're the farthest thing from an introvert. I like to stay home though. Sometimes when plans, I'm like, ah, I have made plans. I yeah, but then you show this. up. Then you show up, and you're full of energy and full of excitement, and the you know everyone's it, friend. Like that's that's you. It's you're, the happy sad clown. You got to put on the face. That's not an introvert. You got to put on the the makeup and pretend. Okay. So, but like now I'm now I'm like I I miss I just miss sitting at a bar. I don't even need a drink. I just want to sit at a bar and order some food. And just people watch. People watch. Sports watch on the on TVs. Sports watch. Like, not having March Madness. And, like, and obviously, it's a little bit different for me now uh, because covering sports, you don't usually get to participate in the uh, <laughs> Thursday and Friday days off and Saturdays and all that stuff. Yeah. I used to love to do that. You used to take days off Thursday, Friday, Saturday, yeah. Sunday, and just go to a bar and sit up the entire time, right? Mm-hmm. I was able to do it a couple years ago when Wisconsin didn't make the tournament. Um, Which hurt a little bit, but it did. But it allowed you to to like live a life outside yeah, of yeah, yeah. doing what you did. But I missed that. Like I missed just the ability to do that. And it's I, a lot it's, of things, it, and it's so stupid. Like it's such a small little thing. But I'm sure, obviously, everyone else has little things in, that they miss. What do you miss most? Well, I think the the biggest thing for me has to be the fact that it hasn't even been three weeks, but it feels like three months. Well, that's the thing. Like the Rudy Gobert story happened three weeks tomorrow. Like that That's honestly nuts. feels like five, ten years ago. That's insane. <laughs> it's uh, right. So, like we were getting ready to go down. And, I was getting ready to go down and cover the Big Ten tournament. Oh, two weeks. Yeah, like, and we two, asked you. Three, I was. I was. Yes. And we asked you, do you think there's going to be what a Big Ten or a March Madness tournament? And you said, well, that was early in the week. Like yeah. early, early in the week. Um, I said, yeah, I don't. I, I think there will be, but I don't think there will be fans in the in the crowd. And then. I think it was Thursday morning when we were getting ready to go down to the Big Ten tournament. When I was getting ready to go down to the Big Ten tournament, you asked again if you thought there was going to be an NCAA tournament. And I said no, because as soon as one person tests positive like Rudy Gobert did, it's going to be done. It didn't even take that. No. It it took it, it like when, an hour after we talked, the Big Ten canceled its tournament. And like three hours later, the NCAA well, canceled its Think tournament. of the night before that. Well, it was Nebraska's head coach who was like dying on the side. So- now he had influenza A. Yes. But he was like, I'm like, dude. If he's out there trying to coach his team and he's like, he just looks sweaty and like optics he was on, not good. I'm like, this it's over. It's yeah. game over. Yeah, literally game over. And then I just saw this tweet because of you, and you put Captain Picard Ugh. with the face palm. Do you want me to read it or do you want you to go read ahead. it? All right, so uh, Brian Windhorse. Oh man, this just sucks. The Chinese government issued a new order today. Restricting resumption of team sports, a heavy blow for pro basketball to return there soon as was planned. China's attempt to restart sports are being watched closely by leagues across the world. A huge issue is <sighs> asymptomatic carriers. What was the what did you asymptomatic want, carriers? What did you want to play coming into this segment? Taps. Dun, dun, dun. And you said, "What is the first thing?" And you're like, "I don't want to fear monger. I don't want to do this and that." Because Kirk Herbstreit was out there. Kirk Herbstreit said that there's going to be no football. We're not there yet, are we? No, I'm. A, I'm going to quote Aaron Rodgers and say yeah. that's a, that's a bit fear mongering at this point. But this is the this is a big time blow because I think a lot as Brian Wardhorse has said, and he's been saying this all along for the last few weeks, the last. Really, since it's broke, keep an eye on China and when they come back because they were when they suspended their leagues. It's been it'll been four months. They suspended them in January. You're looking past that in terms of it, but even the thing about China is we don't know exactly how many cases they actually have. Yeah, like exactly. I I find it hard to believe that they're only in the eighty thousand, ninety thousand range right Same. now, where the U.S. is sitting at one hundred and sixty five thousand. You know, like. I, I find it I find it hard to believe on on China's part that that's the the uh, number, as do I right same thing with Russia like Russia sitting in like the two thousand or three come on well you know North Korea's got none right yeah it it hasn't touched I them. believe Kim Jong Un it hasn't touched them but then you you mentioned the Korean Basketball League that was talking about coming back at the I think it was either end of March or end of April and last week they canceled their season altogether and it's not coming back at all <sighs> so um, the NBA I think is I think the NBA is in trouble. Well, did you see the reports that they're thinking about going to the Bahamas and converting a ballroom? I just don't I, like, and they're thinking about going to a, like a, a casino in Vegas, or maybe that's closed and converting that. Yeah, into and I think a they tournament? should play under ultraviolet lights <laughs> so, to see who has the diseases on them. <laughs> and if they do, it kills it. Yeah. Oh, oh I, that is that a is that a cure? Is that a cure? Maybe. 
ultraviolet lights. Yep. You, you should get, you should be part of that White House press briefing. I'm probably pretty qualified. Yeah, probably. You're about as qualified as everybody else there. <laughs> I still think this segment could end with a fist fight between you two. We'll see. All right, so, I mean, I'm not trying to be doom and gloom, but if the Chinese government issues an order today restricting all team sports, th- what's that say about college football and the NFL coming up? I think that's going to be right up against... It's going to be tight, right? Four months from now would be when training camp is getting going and when fall camp is going is getting going. And like mm-hmm. this is just four months; they're not even playing yet. No. Now a lot of the players are back over there, but they're not playing. And I would imagine they, they, are they even out of quarantine yet? Like, are, are, I mean, I think that I they saw started them, lifting. They started lifting a couple at, things. Like here they were talking there. about Wuhan going back to yeah. normal, but I don't think. I it think is. I read a story. I don't want to. I'll fact check this in a bit, but I think I read a story that they reopened movie theaters in Wuhan. And then close them again like a week later. Yeah, because of, because of the coronavirus. Yeah, COVID nineteen. Yeah, and there were there were some reports of like people testing positive again, like yes. that had it, got rid of it, then had it again. I saw a guy that a guy in India had it, was got rid of it, threw a party with his like a hundred people, and then got it again. I will say this: that whenever this, I just I don't. It's so maddening. What's well, the? It's the stupidity of the coronavirus parties. Like in New, was it New Jersey that they had one that a guy got got yes. busted for it? Yeah, it was like. 45 people in a 500-square-foot apartment. <laughs> yeah, and there was, a, there was a guy, we just had the news of the weird today, a guy in Brooklyn was running a speakeasy, and he got busted with 12 people in there, and he's, like, going to jail for a while now. Yeah, yeah, they're making it, they're going to make it uh, worth, not, not worth your while to have one of those parties. It's just, it's just so nuts to me that, I mean, when it comes to the draft, do you think the draft will still be Yeah, going the draft out? is going to happen. And there's, they're going to do that, no like, doubt. phones and yada, yada, yada. Yeah, I, I saw a report yesterday that they're reaching out to, I think, like, 60 players. Um, to get them prepared to be able to take part in the draft, like virtually. So, like some, yeah, I would imagine Jonathan Taylor and Zach Bond, you know, would be a part of that because both those guys. I, I saw a mock draft this morning from from Todd McShay that had three Badgers in the first two rounds: Jonathan Taylor, Zach Bond, and Tyler Biotish all going nice. in the first three rounds. I would imagine they're going to be involved, but it's going to kind of be like uh, what you guys do on a daily basis with 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 Twitch and with Zoom and like that type of stuff. That's mm-hmm. what it's going to be. It's to be uh, doing interviews over that type of thing. Would you rather wait the whole first round in person at a table or have to sit in front of a monitor at a computer? Well, I feel like, I mean, I, I would rather be at home than, than being, I mean, same introvert. Uh, so, I, I, as a fellow introvert, I feel you. As a make-believe introvert, I, Nelson or Ebo uh, agrees. But no, I'd rather be sitting at home, wouldn't you? I love being Surrounded at home. By, sitting at I home by at home. all, my, all the friends and that type of thing. And I don't think there's going to be sitting. Like it's not going to be you. Like you sitting at a computer here and <laughs> See, just, I just, and just like staring. Like, like that's not what's going to be. B.J. Raji sitting in front of a computer with a with a camera on him, just dabbing his sweat for like two hours. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> then he like, finally the bright, the bright lights that they have on him. Yeah. Then he finally has to he like has how many, to get up and or leave. Do you, or do you think it's going to be kind of like the, just a blank? How many times does Johnny Manziel have to get up and refill his water as he's falling? How in the long draft? would Aaron Rodgers have to get up and refill his water? Would his family even be there? Back then, maybe. Yeah, maybe. They were back then. She had. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. His, they were. his his mom had quite the perm. See, this is why I think I the, saw a picture of it yesterday. It's the only reason I remember. The draft needs perm, to go underrated. a week. Each day it needs to be. No, around. Adam Schefter, it does not. And they need to make it like eight hours of coverage because then we're gonna put to we're gonna put Mel Kiper to the real test. How long can he <laughs> hold his pee? Is Mel Kiper and Tom but, McShay gonna be sitting next to each other? Or, or no, I I guarantee Mel Kiper's going to be sitting in that in that same place that he does all his uh, hits from. Will he have this, his Bal- crew right in, next? I think to he's him. in Baltimore. Will he have his crew right next to him, or was he just going to be? What crew? Well, who does he sit by during the draft and whatnot? Oh, you mean like uh, Trey Wingo and? Yeah, those guys. No, I think they're all going to be doing it from. Well, I don't know. Be ESPN, apart. Here's the thing: ESPN is still doing some studio. Like they have people in studio. There's people like two people doing Sports Center, but all their Experts and everything like that are all at home. I think Ebo meant like Mel Kiper's crew, as in like his Diet Coke, his hair, <laughs> his, ty- his hairstylist. I was wondering his, like who you thought who you thought he was going to have his next comb. Him, like he's always got to try and fight someone. When his he's breaking be- down his someone. best buddies are, as Nelson said, his comb, his Diet Coke, his hair polish, his hair, yeah, spray, his, 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 his pomade, like yeah. yeah. I just, I need something. Zach. Maybe brings in a barber day four if we stretch this out. I need something and. He's, he's losing a little bit. Hey, aren't we all a little bit? <laughs> well, some of us are. Some yeah. of us already have. <laughs> but yes, Ebo. Don't. Don't. It's don't, don't do it. I have to look in the mirror every day. I already know. Don't. Sh- I, you, you do wear hats a lot. 
just a little bit on each, like. You know what they say about side. people that start becoming hat guys? Yeah, start becoming shave guys soon. When did you become the shave guy? It's been like 10 years. I'd look like such an ugly man with a shaved head. You make you're a <laughs> handsome man with a shaved head. I'm not, but like I, I'm, also, I'm still I'm, I'm still good not, for a while. No, you're fantastic. You got great hair. It's just got, right here you, a little bit. You, you got great hair. Uh, your grandpa, bald or he's he still got hair. But I mean, it's your not, mom's grandpa. Yeah, yeah, he's still rocking some hair. But I mean, he's is 92. It, is it thin? It's yeah, it's thin. Okay, he's 92. He's like that's not a good sign. <laughs> by 90, if I could live like I'm by 92. 90, by 92, you could be losing. <laughs> All right, Zach. Um, I don't know. You know. We'll talk. We'll talk more this week. All right. We'll figure out something. Thanks for joining us, man. No taps. I'm not ready for taps. Once the official announcement happens, then I'll yeah. play taps. Yeah, yeah. All right, buddy. I'll, I'll see you later. Yeah. I'll see you around these halls.